Oh, wow. Isn't it so good to worship and praise the Lord together? And let me tell you, there's some holy juices that's beginning to flow. And that's what happens when we come together as a body of Christ and we're here to honor the Lord. Man, supernatural things begin to flow. So this morning, you right there in your car, John right over there. John, we're just believing the Lord as this service is going, that God's going to touch that back again, and the Lord's going to bring healing. Uh, we're believing that with Alicia, with Denise, and so many that are gathered in this place today that are needing a move from God. You just look for it all through the service, because God is flowing supernaturally. Somebody says, why do I go to church? Because you need that supernatural flow. We need what's happening right now. I don't know about you, but in my body, I'm, I believe right now that I'm, as I worship God with you, that God is healing me, ministering to me, changing me, and helping me. So I believe, how many of you want to accept that that same thing's happening in your life? Yes. Praise the Lord. Because the Bible says where the presence of the Lord is, He healed them all. So where the presence of God is building, great healing comes. Last Sunday, we talked about the challenges of 2021. We started in a series to prepare us for God to move mightily in our lives for this year. And we talked last year, uh, last week, about the fog that the enemy was trying to use against us this year. And so we, we were learning to be able to clear the fog and to get a hold of the truth of the Lord. And we were learning to do that out of Scripture that tells us that we don't look at the things that are seen, but we keep our eyes on the things that are unseen. And there's three major things that we need to do in our life if we're going to be able to live a life with clearer fog, getting, getting the fog out of our life. Number one is we're going to have to keep a heart toward God. Whatever's going on in your life, you just got to determine, I'm going to keep a heart toward God. Second thing we, we've got to do is we've got to keep our life built around the church. And that's what you're doing here today. And the third thing, we've got to invest our time in our family. But if we'll use this year to do those three things, I tell you what, I believe God's going to do mightily. Now, the second phase of what our challenge for this year is God's making this year a year of sonship. Just say that quietly to yourself. Just sonship. Why don't you just love to say that? God's going to reveal Himself into our lives as more of a father than possibly our revelation has had before. We're going to see ourselves as sons, and God's going to be able to do mighty things with us. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 15, it says it. God's Spirit doesn't make us slaves. Aren't you thankful that God's Spirit doesn't make you a slave who are afraid of Him? Instead, we become His children, it says. We become His children, His sons and His daughters, and we call Him our Father. So if you want to call Him your Father, just give Him a blast of your horn this morning and call Him the Father. Amen. Now, to begin this part of the, of the year challenge off, we're starting it right back over for, with the prodigal son. Because the prodigal son found out that no matter where he had drifted, and the Bible says that in Luke chapter 15, verse 14, it says, And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So what this tells me is my life comes into places of lack and where I'm in great need. It tells me I may have drifted from sonship. So what that means is the Father's house is still waiting on me. So all I have to do is get back to that Father's house. Verse 17 says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? Are you starving? Are you hungry? Well, God has more than enough for us. 
In verse 19 it says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. That's what the prodigal son said. After he left the father, realized he was in need, realized there's more than enough in my father's house, made his way back to his father's house, and then he said, Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. I'm going to tell you what, Daddy didn't listen to him. Aren't you thankful that the father doesn't listen to our begging statements like that either? Because God still saw him as a son. Verse 20 says, And he arose and came to his father, but while he still was a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. I want you to know, you may say, God, I just want to beg my way back in. God said, you don't have to. I'm ready with a hug. I'm ready with a kiss. I'm ready with compassion upon your life. And then in verse 22 says, But the father said to his servants, But quickly, bring the... Bring the gifts of sonship. Bring the best robe and put it on my son. Bring a ring and put it on his hand. And bring shoes on his feet. As I began to talk about sonship last week in a leadership meeting, Lance came to me after service or during the period of time, and he said, you know, Jerry, he said, I don't really understand how to be a son. I don't understand how you recognize him as a father. I was raised without a father in the house at my early years. And some way I missed that. So immediately I said, that's where we need to start at. We need to start with the areas of us. And I was raised the very exact same way. I was raised without a father in the house. So when I talk about relating to a father, it seems to be hard for me. So God has to reveal Himself to me. And He has to, but I tell you what, God has spent the last many, many years revealing to me just how good a father is. And even though I may have been raised without a physical father in the house, I've been raised with a spiritual father that loves me with everything. So, so what we, what I've asked that we do, that we begin this part of the series of this challenge this year, and I've asked three of our young men that are powerful in the Lord to come because all three of these were raised without a father in the house. And so they're going to come and they're going to share with you about the gifts of sonship. We're going to start off with Lance. Give him a hand. I'll give him a horn as you want. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. First off, let's just all stop right quick and let's just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just... Anoint these words, Father God, that these words would go inside of us and they would be like a new fruit, Father God. Open, we ask that you open our ears and let us understand how to be a son and what a son is. In Jesus' name. All right, so yeah, it started off with a question, right? Now, how amazed would you be if you go to pastor with a question and he goes, I want you to speak on that. I was dumbfounded. I don't even know how to be a son. But this revelation came to me. It's not a how to be a son. You just are. You just are. There, there's nothing that can stop it. You are a son of God or a daughter of God. You are a child of God. Nothing can take that from you. Nothing can change it. You just are. And one of the, one of the best things he does is he does give you these gifts. Now, the gift that I'm speaking on today is the robe. I can, if you think back to maybe when you were a kid, and something scary, a shadow or something would happen. And you would grab your covers and you would wrap them all around you. And you would feel warm and secure. Well, when I think about this robe of righteousness, that's what I see. That's what I seen when, as I was a kid. I could just put on this robe of righteousness. And the enemy that's bringing all my past thoughts, actions and things to me, they can't get to me. 
because I'm wearing this robe of righteousness. And it is a gift from my Father. I cannot earn it. No matter what you do in this life, no matter how good you are, you will not ever earn it. But Jesus earned it. All of the, all of the death, sin, and condemnation that was in your life from before is now on Jesus. Now, when, I want you all to do this with me. I want you to grab your robe. And I want you to wrap that robe around you. And as you wrap that robe around you, I want you to see your sins swapping over to Jesus Christ and his righteousness wrapping around you. Now, I can do this anytime. Anytime the enemy tries to bring up something I may have done, said, or thought that wasn't good, I can put my robe back on. And instead of feeling like I'm no good and I'm not good enough, I'll realize I'm not good enough. But Jesus is. Jesus did it so that I don't have to. He died on the cross so that my sins would go with him. Now, I want you all to check out Isaiah 61.10. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. And he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. My biggest point is you have to put on that robe of righteousness. I've been a, I've been a Christian now for three years. Right. And it wasn't until this week that I realized that I had to put on the robe of righteousness, that I could put it on. And whenever I put it on, I can look back and I look at my past and all I see is white. All I see is Jesus. I look at my future and all I see is Jesus. Because he bought my way. It was it has been all swapped around. It's like having a bank account. Right. So you've got a hundred hundred thousand dollars in debt. Right. You can't afford to pay that off. You just can't. We cannot. We cannot pay for our sins. There's no possible way. And God says, no, I think I'm going to give him a million dollars in the positive because my son did make that way. He did walk the right way, not for himself, but for us. I want you to think about that robe and putting that robe on and what being a son or daughter truly means. That means you have inheritance. You no longer have to walk around feeling anxiety and fear. Or worrying about yesterday. Because it's yours. Nobody can take it from you. The, the enemy can't tell you, oh, well, you don't deserve it. Because the truth of the matter is, you don't deserve it and you never will. But God says it's yours. Now, one of the biggest things that I've realized in the last little bit is even though I grew up without a father, I'm turning out to be a pretty good father. Because when I look at my child... I think about all the things that my father does for me. My child doesn't come into my house and say, Daddy, I'm hungry and I'm not feeding. I don't pray to my father and him not answer my prayers. But you got to realize it and you got to really let it sink into your head that you are a child of God. You're not supposed to walk through this world and try to make it on your own. You can stop and just go, I need you, Father. I need you. And just like any time you see a father reach down for their son, just in your head, just imagine it with me. Your child falls down. Do you sit back over there or are you always waiting for him? That's how, that's how I see God. Like I'm falling down and God's already waiting for me. All I got to do is reach up there and he's ready to grab my hand and walk with me through this life. Now that's a love. Oh, that's a love that I need. To be a spiritual man and a father, I need to understand how much the father loves me and, and know in my heart. He says, I deserve it because of his love, 
Not because of my works or anything I may do, but because of his love. So anytime y'all get into a, a spot of anxiety, bills are too much, you're worried about this, uh, this is going on, or the enemy tries to tell you what yesterday is, just put on your robe. Just put on your robe and remember, God gave it to you as a gift. I just love y'all and I thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God for that word that just went forth. It's always good to hear a, hear a word from the Lord. I'm here this morning to give honor to God and to my pastors to give me an opportunity to stand before you all. I, I, I love God's word. I just love it. And I'm going to speak a little bit on the ring of authority. And when Pastor asked me this, it was so amazing because I didn't really understand it because, and as I start studying, I realized that God has given me authority to be my own boss. So I, I have to look to no one but him for my help. And that's a, that's a blessing. But it's also a blessing to be able to look to your employers and, and to have a job, too. You know, it, it, you just have to, it's three things that, that to, be, have that ring, to wear that ring of authority and, and get your blessing. It's, you got to walk in humility, first thing. Second thing, faith. And third thing is obedience. I'm going to talk a little bit about three of them there, if you would, if you don't mind there. God is the only one who can give us that authority, and we got to get it by, by faith through grace. Then the Word of God says, James 4, 6, that he resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. So just being humble, you receive that grace. What a gift just to be humble, to receive the grace from God. You know, it's, it's amazing. And then God gives us the authority, and all authority is de dedicated. From the Lord. And in order to receive that authority. So many times in our life our finances don't look right. Our health don't look right. But the thing is we don't wear that ring of authority. Because that ring of authority gives us power over the enemy. So, so many times when you're laying on your bed and you're sick and you don't know what's going on. And then so many times when you, your finances don't look, look right. Your marriage is not right. Check yourself and see have you walked in humility to receive that authority to defeat the enemy. Second is faith. Faith, faith is, um, the Greek word is believing, trusting, faithful, and true. So many times we can believe the lie. And when we believe the lie, we get bad results. But if we keep the faith and trust in God's word, and God's word tells us, 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved. A good, a righteous man need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. So, so many times when we don't know how to divide the word of God, we don't, we miss out on that authority to defeat the enemy in every situation in our lives. And then the, sec the third thing is obedience. My Bible tells me, 1 Samuel 15, 22, it's better to obey than to sacrifice. So many times, church, we, we want to sacrifice, but we don't want to obey. We think just, well, I won't eat turkey today. But I tell you what, if you just obey God's word, God's word says that if you love me, you'll keep my commandment. God's word also said man cannot live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So and when we line up with God's word and we start speaking God's word in every situation, I'm here to tell you that situation must change in Jesus' name. And then not only obedience, you know, it says not just be a hearer of the word of God, but be a doer of God's word. Doing, being a doer of God's word is obeying God. And I'm telling you, in order to receive the blessing and to receive the victories in your life over any situation, you must believe God and believe his word. 
and to obey his word. So many times we don't obey it. We hear it every day. Pastor preach it Sunday in and Sunday out. But are we just hearing it or are we doing it? I guarantee you when you start doing it, you'll see some, some different results. And I just thank God for his word because I, I, I study it, I meditate on it, I, I memorize it. And so many times people would come up to me and say, man, I wish I knew the word like, like you knew it. But I, I'm here to tell you, I, didn't, I haven't always knew it. I got hungry and thirsty for God's word. And God's and God word say, blessed is the man that hungry and thirsts after my word, for they shall be filled. So if you don't have that word and you don't know that word, start being hungry and thirst after God's word. Keep your faith in his, in his word and not in faith. Facebook, the time you spend it in Facebook, put that time in God's word and see don't things begin to change. Because I'm here to tell you, God loves us, but we got to love him more because his word says that if we, don't, we, if we love him, we'll, we'll keep his commandment. So church, I'm here to tell you, let's just make a dedication that we're going to read God's word, meditate on God's word, and memorize God's word, and then obey God's word to see the with to see the everything that around you that's not going, not looking good, and your finances, your marriage, your health. So many times, it's not God; it's us not knowing His word, not taking time out to hear and to say what need to be said. So, if you would, would you bow your heads right quick and and pray with me, Father God? We thank you for calling us to be your children. And Father God, and making us join heirs with Christ. Thank you for the robes of righteousness and for the ring of authority. We repent for walking in pride, walking in unbelief, walking in disobedience. Lord, help us to remember who we are in you and to grow strong in your truth of your word. We love you, Lord. We praise you for the work you are doing in us. In Jesus' name. And I want to end in this. It, humility, walking in humility give you that authority, but walking in pride make you lose that authority. Believe in God and walking in faith and believing God make you have that authority, but not believing in God, believing a lie will make you lose that authority. And in obedience, walking in disobedience will also make you lose that authority. So church, I say this morning, learn to walk in humility, learn to keep the faith, and learn to walk in obedience. And you, and you have the grace of God to make it through anything that's impossible for man. So I'm uh, here to talk about the shoes of sonship. Uh, I have two points to make today. It's um, what it means to take your shoes off and what it means to put them back on. Uh, whenever we all first come start coming to church, uh, we come in and we're kind of just checking out the situation, trying to see how everybody's operating, seeing if it's something that we feel comfortable being a part of. Uh, whenever we make that choice to come in and get baptized and, and uh, be under leadership here at the church, uh, Whenever you come into the church, you take your shoes off. And what I mean by taking your shoes off is you leave all your pains outside. You leave all of your worries and you leave all of your heartache at the door. Okay? Whenever you take off your shoes and you leave all that at the door, you go into the church, you're now under God's word. Okay? So whenever I um, started coming to the church, I, I, I took my shoes off, I left everything at the door, and I came into the church, I got baptized, and I started being taught the Word of God. And um, that is called the great release. Whatever, I feel like it's called the great release. Whenever you um, come into the church and everything, just, it feels like the weight is lifted off of you, and you now have the ability to praise God, you have a clear mind, 
and you're able to do uh, whatever God tells you to do. Uh, whenever you are under leadership for a while, and God has told Pastor that it's time to send so and so out to to uh, to teach the word as well. Uh, I feel like Pastor and Miss Elaine are giving you the armor of God, and whenever I say they're giving you the armor of God, they're they're giving you the things to protect yourself when you go out to the world to preach the gospel. Uh, and the last thing they give you before you leave is your shoes. They give you your shoes back. And in doing so, while you took your shoes off, you know, pastor's polishing you. Uh, Miss Elaine is polishing you. Andy is polishing you. Brother Donald's polishing you. Everybody in the church is trying to polish you to become the best person of yourself that you can. And uh, once they feel that you're in that position and you're ready to go, they'll give you your shoes back. When you get your shoes back, they'll be brand nice. Brand, brand nice. That's not even a word. Brand, brand new shoes. And uh, they'll be shiny. Brand new Nikes. You go out and you preach the gospel. So, um, now that you're released to speak the word of the God into the other lives. So, what that taught me was, whenever I was younger, uh, I hadn't met my dad until I was about 12 or 14. And uh, my mom said, hey, your dad called. He wants to meet you. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. And um, so what I did is in my mind, I thought of who I thought my dad was. And uh, to me, I, I was thinking in my mind, oh, I remember who my dad is. I remember what he looks like. He's, he's a Mexican. Um, so what happened was is uh, we're riding, and I'm thinking of all these cool things we can do with my dad. And we pull into the driveway, and this guy comes out, and he's an Indian. I was like, that's not what I expected at all. But um, so I still have that relationship with him. Um, I call him. I check on him. He doesn't really call me much. But I'm I'm still reaching out to him to a point that um, when it's time for me to talk to him about God before he passes – I'll have that conversation and give him the opportunity to attempt to be part of what we're doing here. You know, I want him to know God and and be able to uh, live with God the rest of his life, kind of like the uh, thief did on the cross next to Jesus. Um, everyone is in a battle to earn their shoes. It, everybody's battles are different. Uh, my battles are going to be completely different than Dylan's battles. Um you know, I, I struggled with uh, abandonment issues. I struggled with being able to, uh, you know, Trent tells me I don't have feelings, which I don't know what she's talking about. I, I feel this cold air right now. But Trent says that I have trouble showing my feelings, which I understand that. I just don't know how to operate in that area to where it's it's easy for me to talk about how I feel about a situation that's going on in my life. But I'm still working on that. Um, so the question is, what are you going to do as a Christian to help other people? You know what? Whenever you come to the church, you're learning the Word of God. When pastor asks you to be a part of a team, he's allowing you to go out and give the Word of God to other people. And uh, just remember, you know, the shoes will get dirty again. Your clothes will get dirty. The armor will get tarnished. But remember, when you come to church, you walk through those doors, you take those shoes back off, you take that armor off, you go inside, and when you walk back out, it'll all be clean for you to ready to go at it again. All right? Thank you, guys.
Wow. Well, thank you, Jeremy. The wonderful thing, I'm going to ask all of my guys that spoke this morning, if you would, come line up real quick over here with Jeremy, if you're close. The wonderful thing about these that spoke to you, a lot of wonderful things about them, but what I wanted to mention in the area of fatherhood, they came in without earthly trainers. God's tendency, or God's, what God meant to happen, was that we would learn how He loves us by watching our physical fathers and their love toward us. Well, all three of these guys, they missed that area. And so when they came to the Lord, God had to give them an extra grace. And I want to give commend every one of them because they have made the best daddies. Even though they wasn't daddied as a child, they have turned what the enemy meant for destruction. They've turned it for good. I want to celebrate with them the ability that takes dads that don't know how and gives them know-how and causes them to be good dads. Let's give them a... Thank God. Praise us. These are some of our greatest dads we have in our church. And, and I think all the time, you know, they weren't trained by a dad, but they've been trained by the Heavenly Father. As we close this morning, I want you to just quickly take a moment there. I want you to think about the gifts of sonship that the Lord offers to you, offers to us. The first one is the robe of righteousness. If you're being, if you're being, if the enemy's coming against you with condemnation, Maybe you failed God. Maybe something's happened that's hard for you to overcome it. Maybe it's hard to believe that God has forgotten it. Or maybe it's hard to believe that you can ever be restored again after that took place. I want you right now, I want you to believe the Lord. I want you to be that son, that God of that Father. I want you to let the Father place that robe upon you. Maybe you're here today and maybe the devil's attacking you in every form. Maybe the sicknesses, diseases, problems, difficulties, harassments. And you know it's just the devil. But I want you to know, God has given to you the ring of authority. And if you're here today and you say, Jerry, I haven't been able to run the devil out of my life yet. <laughs> I want you today to extend that hand to your father. And let him extend the ring of authority into your life. Or maybe you're here today and, and you maybe you're being harassed and and, and almost come to a place of defeat from the pressures that are on you. Maybe the shoes that you're wearing are shoes that's loaded down with care. Burdensome. Maybe the shoes that you're wearing, they're, they're, too, they're too loaded with the problems of this life. I want you today to realize that God has given you the sonship love where you can slip those shoes that you've had to wrestle with that authority, had to wrestle with that situation, had to wrestle. You can slip those off. And God offers you new shoes today. Shoes of His responsibility, Him carrying your load, Him taking care of what it needs to be. The Lord fighting your battles for you. In fact, that's what the Bible says, that God just loves to fight our battles for us. Well, Stephen's going to, we're going to close with a, a worship song. And as we do, I want you to take advantage of whatever it is that you need from the Lord. He's your father. You're his son. You're his daughter. What is it? Do you need that robe of righteousness slipped on you? 
Do you need that ring of authority to be able to stand against the onslaughts of the enemy? Or you need to be able to take those pressures of your life off and to, and to take a hold of the shoes of the gospel where God takes care of the responsibilities of your life.